What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This week, I am absolutely elated to introduce to you uh, one of the best guests we've ever had on the show, who is returning to the podcast, Miss Kendra Kunov. If you don't remember Kendra, uh, she was on the show in the second season. Founder of The Collective, a global web of women devoted to embodied wholeness, Kendra Kunov has been studying, facilitating, and most importantly, practicing authentic, relating embodiment practices and deep intimacy work for over 15 years. She has worked with thousands of men and women and couples in the areas of embodiment, intimacy, and communication, and full self-expression. And she also co-founded Authentic World and Fierce Grace, as well as the Embodied Relationship Training Salon, alongside John Wineland, and pioneered some of the most cutting-edge relation work on the planet. This week, we are very grateful to sit down with Kendra to talk all about boundaries. Also, a little heads up, Kendra has very kindly offered a promo code 
to all of our Turn Me On listeners to uh, work with her in one of her online workshops. You can check the show notes for all the information there or stay tuned to the aftercare segment where Bridie and I give you all the deets. All right, without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Kendra Kuno. We are rocking and rolling. Season three energy coming in hot. And, uh, and I love it because we are, we are back with what I would say is probably one of my favorite guests uh, from season two, Kendra Kunov. Uh, so nice to see you again. Thank and you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for taking time to join us. Um, uh, it's been a long time since we sat down and had a conversation, um, but... I'm excited to to kind of dive back into things with you. And Bridie, I know that you've been like, you've been brewing all these really <laughs> interesting, fun ideas in your head about things that you want to cover um, in these, <clears throat> these newer episodes. And um, <clears throat> I know that one of the things that we hopefully will be talking about today is, is like finding a way to, to cultivate really clear and and like confident boundaries within your relationship and i feel like this is something that i i have a not put much thought into and b the reason why is because i i don't think i have i don't think i'm very good at boundaries so i think i just try to avoid it entirely um bridey what what are you like in terms of you and i and and your just life like how how are you with boundaries I am so the reason I'm so interested in this subject, I, and I know Kendra, you have a whole course devoted to this, and it's been on my radar for a while. And <laughs> I, I'm, I, I hope we're not asking you to to give your your course over for free here when we talk about this today. But I've just like it came onto my radar, and it may have even been been you in one of your videos that I I saw. Um, a friend yesterday recommended a book on boundaries to me, and it, so it's only I would say in the last couple of years has it been swimming around as a even a thing to practice. And um, so yeah, in terms of how I feel about my own boundary setting, I what I think I've identified is that when I set a boundary, it, um, it comes out as loud and it, after things have boiled over Mm. and from the last Mm. talk I listened to that you did, Kendra, I, I feel like the reason that I did that was because I had, it had to be a big loud boundary setting for it to be heard, um, in, in my family. Totally. I mean, I think one of the reasons that and it happens for many people, right? Either it's like no boundaries or really loud boundaries. And there's some sort of um, like pole, like going, just going to the poles, mm-hmm. the ends of the spectrum on that. And, and that there is a way, like you said, Bridie, that we can sometimes draw it back to, oh, I can see where that was necessary because of the other people person systems. Mm -hmm. 
And, and then that can create something where we see, we imagine that's true in other circumstances. Um, and so we're having the experience, like I could feel like I have to be loud or it's not heard when that may not be true in the actual circumstance I'm with, with a new person, but I'm so afraid, right? I have habit experience or fear, or you know, we could go so far as to call it trauma, depending on where we are on the spectrum, but that lives in me in such a way that I'm afraid if I'm not loud or I don't hold my boundaries like way out here, that they won't be honored. And I can definitely relate to like, partly there can be the loud thing, but I can also relate to, I'm going to set the boundary out here, which is like, you know, three feet in front of me or something like that. Because if you don't listen the first time, I don't feel so afraid. Mm -hmm. And if I wait till the true place that I need you to stop, then I'm afraid that if you don't stop, then I, I won't know what to do. So let's maybe back up a little bit and just talk about in this framework, what, what are boundaries and mm. what, how do we use them in relationships? How yes. do we see help. them happening in the world around us? Help me, please help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's such a great question. Like, like super zoom back. Um, so first of all, I'll say that I talk about boundaries specifically. I mean, I really like to say there, it's like the sacred delineation of what happens in this space and what happens out of this space which puts it, so that's one way. And I would say that puts it in the realm of dynamic space or relational space rather than these are my boundaries, right? Like I have them and they're static. It's, it's oh, I mean, right now I have a boundary of this because this is what happens in this space and this is what doesn't. And with this person, this is what happens in this space and this is what doesn't. And when I'm out in this space, this is what happens and this is what doesn't, right? They, they actually change. And we all kind of know that, but when we think of it more like this sacred delineation, it's easier to see how and why that is. The other thing that I would say, so there's kind of two ways to look at this. Um, I believe there's a teacher named Prentice Hill, is I believe what their name is. And they say something, I'm paraphrasing, but boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and myself at the same time. Mm. Yeah, super good. Mm -hmm. And then the way that I would say that I talk about that is that a boundary or the container that we set in, in a relationship, in a moment, in a certain space, right, in a dynamic, is what is when we look around, right, and we actually describe rather than prescribe, if we're honest about it, the boundary line is actually the space, is, it's what needs to be there for the most love, life, breath, play, freedom in that relationship. This is resonating in that um, when I think about this topic, I think of it most frequently in conflict, um, maybe because that, like, that, that seems to be where I ask for things or demand things or uh, like complain about things. Um, but I love that you just brushed over that really quickly. Just complain about complain about things. Just when I'm being a, the just biggest jerk, when I feel complaining. like I'm being <laughs> the biggest jerk probably is when I've like, I've, I've, you know, I've not, I've not set a boundary prior to, um, or I've not maybe like even respected my own boundaries. I don't know. So just to be like, not vague at all. Like when, when, if I am to say in conflict, I can't talk about this anymore without a few breaths. That that's to mm. me like 
setting a boundary in the moment. And um, that's hard to prescribe. That's hard to prepare for because I don't know how long I can be in conflict before I start having that nervous system reaction where I can't get it back. I can't breathe and can't think clearly and I can't be loving. And, um, and I resonate with that. Like if I set it out here because if it gets any closer, I'm going to have less fortitude to be here with you. Um, like I remember why I was bringing up this exact, this example specifically. Um, But I, I guess I guess I just wanted to give some maybe concrete examples of what what boundaries are because I think it, it's taken me a couple of years of thinking about it to even be able to see that where they practically fall in daily yeah. life. I, but do brown do, do this this notion of boundaries <clears throat> and like working on defining your own boundaries is it does it go beyond just um, just laying out like what you don't want in your life and like laying out what you like laying out the, your, your hard nose it, it, or, or is it, or is it as simple as that? Like just, just putting out the things that you just don't want. Well, I would say I definitely teach them in the realm of what's what I call generative boundaries. And I specifically, it's actually the fourth module of my course. Mm. <laughs> um, and I specifically actually created it in that way in response to what it, it seems to me like there was so much being talked about, practiced and taught that was all about how do you say no? What are you a no to? Um, and really it, like that being what we were calling boundaries or what mm. was the cultural conversation of boundaries. And I, I actually just love boundaries so much. Like I love this. I talk about it also. I'm like, this is actually the place we touch people. Like boundaries are so intimate because it's actually that when, if we've bumped into somebody's boundaries, it means we've like touched up against them. Mm. And so I have this like real love. Mm. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want, I don't want this to be the conversation that's all about like, you know, you just use that block and delete button liberally. And like, what am I a no to? And you, you know, don't put up with any. And I was like, no, it's about what are we like, if I say, this is the space I'm cultivating like a garden and the deer are going to come eat my garden if I don't put a fence up. It, I don't hate deer, I, you know, <laughs> but I don't want them to eat my garden. I'm not like, let's shoot all the deer. Or, you know, there's this thing where it can get so black and white like that. Or, um, right. and it's like, no, 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 this, the, the, the fence is what is needed in order to create the most life, love, freedom, you know, so my garden can grow. And so the deer can be out there, right? They can be very clear. That's their place. <laughs> One of the things I loved, I heard you say too, was that, um, a boundary can, um, what was it? What did you say about, um, this like puffing out or collapsing like the yes, the yes, you can be, hmm, I'm butchering it. I can't remember what I was just listening to it. And I was like, oh my God, that's so good. I should write it down. And then I didn't. I'm so frustrated. Um, but yeah, like what, what setting boundaries can look like. And especially like you're saying, it's not a no, it can be like a yes, or I, or I want this. Um, oh yeah. And, and not, and being able to like do that with, with an open, with an open heart, no matter what you're saying. That's not what I'm trying to say either, but well, I would say like you're pointing to two things that are really, really great. 
And one is that place of we can look at what we're a no to. Like that's one place to look for our boundaries. What am I not okay with? What am I not okay with with this person or in this situation or at this moment? Um, and that's one place to look. And then the other, and both of these are oversimplifications. The other is like, what is it that I want to cultivate, create an experience? And what must be in place for that? And they're just different, uh, slightly different perspectives that I think often can bring, they can just show us different parts of what are those boundaries or those containers that need to be there. Um, and then there's this part, and I would, I would tease this apart and say it's slightly different is like, what is it to set a boundary with an open heart? Mm. And actually one of, so one of the practices that I have people do is to imagine something that they actually want. And the way, you know, like if your partner says you want to get away like to a hot springs weekend, just the two of us, you're going to be like, yes, right? What happens, not only the word, yes, I want that, but like what happens in your face? How do you breathe? How do you feel in your body? How, like, how do you respond with that? Yes. And then to start practicing like, no, (laughs) but with the same, you know, it can feel a little like a fake it till you make it, but it's actually like, oh, I'm going to cultivate not only the gesture of that, but like, oh, this is what it feels like in my heart. And I'm going to, I'm going to say like, no, like lovingly, no, I'm a no to that. I don't <laughs> want that thing. <laughs> no, thank you. Right, right. <laughs> um, and I think it kind of messes with the, in a good way, like it messes with our habit responses such that we're not like, oh my God, I'm so afraid to say no. I just have to uh, and like shut the person out and make them wrong just so I can say no to something. Mm. Uh, one of the things you said, and I just to like, just to kind of personalize this for myself a little bit, because I'm sure I'm not alone in this. Um, you were, you, you said earlier that there's like, there's the folks that just like, don't have boundaries, don't set boundaries. And then there's the, the folks, there's the other side of the coin, the people that are just like, full on a boundary. Um, and, and I definitely fall into the, like, I don't really set boundaries. I'm, I'm not good with boundaries. Um, and it made me think about that sort of cliche phrase. How does it go? It's like you, you, like you can't, before you can love anybody, you need to learn how to love yourself first or whatever. When, when someone's working on boundaries, let's say I decide today, like I'm going to start working on my boundaries. It, from a relationship standpoint, would you say that there's like a an importance to first learning how to set boundaries for yourself with yourself mm-hmm. before before kind of taking that step into cultivating and exploring boundaries when it comes to relationships with others? Great. Um, so I would say two things about that, and one is that I would just encourage people. So well, maybe it's three things. Cause I would say, first of all, the people that we say like have no boundaries and the people who get really loud about boundaries are often actually the same person. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Like I have no boundaries. I have no boundaries until I'm like, ah, how yeah. dare you yeah. blah, 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 blah. You know, because we feel so violated, mm. you know, that often, and, and it's true. Like there are some people who just literally never say no, or never have that big explosion. Um, And then it's often people who have spent a lot of time more in that place of like feeling sort of violated in some way that then become very firm. And they're like, now I have boundaries. Mm. Um, And I would just say those are 
So then the piece I would add to that is, is that I would just encourage people as they explore this for themselves, rather than I'm good with boundaries or I'm bad with boundaries. It's like, I haven't practiced this a lot or I'm unpracticed. Uh, and I think that just puts us in that place of like, oh, this is, it's not something I can be like good at or bad at, but I can practice in different realms. Mm. And that I really do believe that self-boundary like is its own kind of practice and relational boundaries are their own kind of practice. I separate them out in the program. Mm. Um, and and it, it's beautiful that you're even asking, because I would say that most people are like, I don't need to practice boundaries with myself. It's all about the other people. Right. Truth is like most of the time we actually start looking and inquiring what we find is all those places where I have not actually honored my own boundaries. Um, so you know, I would say I have a two-part answer to, the, to that piece you were asking, which is one, I, I do teach self-boundaries first for a reason. So like it kind of does go in that order, like you said. And then at the same time, I would say I actually think of them as parallel tracks because they will happen at the same time. We can't actually, partly it's just because we are with ourselves all the time and we are also in relationship all the time. So we kind of are always in both of those <laughs> scenarios we can't really tease apart. Oh, I'm just with myself or I'm just doing relational. It's always both are happening. Mm. But I what? do, I mean, because, because of that, like I do encourage that people look at that place first. Oh, what are, what actually are my own self boundaries? Where have I stepped over them? Can you give an example of that? Like a person might experience. Yeah. And this is actually a great example because it, it, it weaves together that place where it's like self-boundary and other boundary at the same time. And I think this is most common. It's not hundred percent, but it's most common. So I have a client right now. She just had this experience was breaking up with someone that she'd been seeing for a few months, had this beautiful breakup call <coughs> and felt great. You know, like, I mean, felt sad about it, but also was just like, I feel clear. I feel at peace and, and was clear with him this isn't because I don't like you, but I know what I need is no contact. So again, mm -hmm. I don't want you to take this badly, but I'm going to block you on social media. And I, because this is just what I need, right? Again, sacred containers, like the little garden, like my little heart actually just needs some space. So I, you know, again, like really good on her. She even knew that she said it. And, um, and I think, you know, again, cause the conversation was so beautiful she then went and did something for a couple hours, came back to her phone and had a voice text message from him. Mm. And so we could say, oh, he violated the boundary. She said, I, you know, like now that this is done, I don't want contact. And in one way, that's true. And then what I told her today is I said, you know, if you had reached out to me right in that moment, I would have said, don't even listen to it. Mm. Right. So that's the place where actually she knew for herself this little fence around her little garden that's just growing that she needed. She did share it with him, right? So she said it with him. And wouldn't it be nice if everybody always could hear what we said and never did anything that then came like over that, that fence? Probably not going to happen. But that moment when then she kind of stepped in and listened to his message, there's first just listening, which is crossing her own boundary of I don't want any contact. Right. And then the second was that she got hooked by what he said. And then she reached out and left a voice message about like her, you know, and I was like, see, now mm. you're engaging the contact. And that's actually, it's the, mm. actually violating our own self boundary. Yeah. 
So that's that a great nice. example. Okay, that so now so with relatable. that with that example, <laughs> are there are there times where breaking are there times where breaking a boundary maybe sometimes can be can be beneficial to us? Like are are there are there times where where perhaps our boundaries get in our own way? I'm sure that there are. Mm. Um, I don't have like an example right in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the, maybe say, the better question, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And then I, I'd love to hear that, but I, I will say, and I think this does apply to all humans, although I often will give this to men in particular relating with women because there just are cultural dynamics around this. And there, there's this piece, and this is like a whole can of worms to get into, right? But there's the piece of like, maybe she says no, when really she means yes. She's right. playing hard to get her. And, and it's like, we actually all know, I'm probably not supposed to say this, but we know that actually does happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've probably done it. You've probably done it. Like humans do this. We're like, oh no. And then we're just hoping they'll be like, no, 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 really, let me pay the check. And we'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, if you insist, <laughs> right? Um, and so there's like funny games we play. But what I say is, if we're going to try to get into that nuanced of a realm where we're sensing for what is behind the words that's different than the words, is that I would invite people, and just in particular men relating with women, to sense the no behind the yes before they get into the realm of trying to sense the yes behind the no. Mm. And when you become that uh, facile, because this happens also. I mean, we know this happens all the time where people are, say, oh, sure, I can do that. And really it's a no. And if we start to pay attention, like, oh, I'm getting the sense that actually you're not a full yes to this. So I'm going to go ask somebody else. Mm-hmm. And we take responsibility for that part of misalignment in words and behind the words truth. Then I think we're much better equipped mm-hmm. to start to sense into a oh, when is like a boundary actually something that I should cross over into like where is that person maybe not serving themselves mm. boundary? yeah okay yeah that that answer that that was that was a great answer and I think I, I think kind of answered what what I was going to um uh s- sort of modify my question with which which was going to be you know are there ways for us to are there ways for us to uh investigate or see when our boundaries might be getting in our way you know like are there ways for us to kind of have have an eye or or like have our finger on the pulse for when perhaps like our, our perhaps we're letting we're giving too much um energy to to boundaries in a way that it's like problematic for us but i think that i think that you you kind of really nailed it there in in that it's it's less about looking for the ways that the boundaries don't don't serve us and more so really just investigating which boundaries exist when they come up, why they come up and really, really examining that like thoroughly so that you have a good understanding, whether it's your own boundary or somebody else's. Um, Yeah. I mean, the layer I would add, given what you said there is that place of self inquiry. Mm. I was speaking more like when we're in relationship and sort of, you know, how we can support each other in that and have Mm -hmm. conversations. Um, but again, to that, to the role of like generative boundaries is I would say, I would, I would just encourage people to take regular, honest look at, is this creating what it is that I want? Mm-hmm. 
at the deepest level, like, you know, at some surface level might be, I just don't want that. But in not having that, am I also missing out on something? And, and then, and this is where it gets very nuanced, you know, is, is right. It's that it's not either or, oh, I have to let go of my boundary completely and put up with the thing I don't want in order to get the thing I do want, but like, oh, I want this and I don't want this. Mm. And it seems like this, but what is possible if I, if I look for how I can get this without having this, right? That becomes just a, I mean, it's, that's a lifetime practice. Yeah, definitely. None of this is like, I mean, you say these things like they're simple, but they're really, you know, this really takes a lot of self-inquiry and just the awareness. And I, I mean, I guess I just want to say to anybody listening to this, like just to bring so much self-compassion and like levity, like, mm. oh yeah, I did that thing. Like, oh yeah, I didn't set a boundary. Like, oh yeah. You know, like, oh, okay. Okay. And now what? You said about how when you start working on your boundaries with yourself, they kind of work in tandem and working with others. And so whether and we're going to move on from the subject or not, I would like your thoughts on recognizing the way that other people might be expressing boundaries that just feels like to us, like they're being unreasonable or mm. rude or like overdramatic. Um, because, mm. because I feel like probably when you start to recognize that in other people, you can, you can kind of maybe mirror you're seeing as well. Oh, that's what that person is doing. So maybe that's, what I'm trying to do when I express myself in this way. And it, you know, it's not as effective as I want to be. I guess I'm just thinking of recognizing and receiving other people's boundaries as a practice. Yeah. I think that's beautiful because I mean, one, one part, I just want to say, it's really, I do think it's compassionate and it's really different than what I would call codependence or like walking on eggshells, right. I'm just looking for, but actually to go, Oh, I have a little more wherewithal for whatever reason. I'm more resourced than that person. And this is the only way they know how to set a boundary and to, ex to explore that, right? All the way from just like, seems like they don't want me around, you know, like I will actually give that space mm. to depending on the, the relationship sort of like, hey, it seems like you're trying to get this need met. Does that seem accurate to you too? You know, and then we can bring what has been unconscious a little more to the light, and we, we can, I actually did a whole piece where I talked about boundaries as like collective responsibility, rather than we have this idea that boundaries are the responsibility of the person who has the boundary. Mm. Um, that's like a whole other topic. <laughs> but I want to say then the way that that can reflect to yourself, partly using the way you said, seeing that elsewhere as a reflection. And then also, again, with compassion and levity being like, oh, so I was just really dramatic or I was kind of rude or, you know, I just did something. I don't feel good about it rather than spending a lot of time. Like, Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I'm gonna be like, what was it I was trying to get? And with, you know, again, inside our own selves, or if we have, you know, a trusted person, we can be like, Hey, I was trying to get this need met. And I did it like this and I didn't like it. I would like to just shop talk some other ways to get that need met. Yeah, right. <laughs> How do you think I could have done this? Um, yeah. How could I have gotten the space I needed? You know, how could I have gotten whatever all the things are like, how else could I have done that? Mm -hmm. That's so great. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, actually, this is not on the list and maybe just changing gears a little bit, because I know, I know you work a lot in practice 
and as a student, I think, in groups. And something that has only emerged again in my awareness in the last couple of years is this idea of like, yeah, like a creating a community group where you can talk and check in with each other's men's groups. And that's a, I'm such a mystery to me, but it seems like such a valuable thing. And I, I'm wondering if you can um, talk about practicing any of these things in community as opposed to just like buying the workbook and doing it yourself. Mm. Well, what I love about practice as a community um, is like, it's like when you go shopping and, and they have a bunch of mirrors, you know, which can be a little awful sometimes. I don't really want to see that angle, which is kind of like a <laughs> community, honestly, right? You know, you get 360 and you're like, hmm, I thought this looked fantastic from the front, but like from the back, not so much, you know? And so that, that there is, and I, I also think we can, like, we can have our beauty and our brilliance reflected in that way as well. And we can have community that reminds us. I mean, I would say it reminds us of who we really are. Um, but I also, this is one of the things that the women that are in the collective, which is an ongoing program I have, do for each other, is like a woman might be in a moment where she's she's like, it's blah, 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 blah. Like, and, it, and it, there's a way that she's in it. Like, it's always been this way or it's never going to get better. And someone can be like, hey, I totally get that. And I remember two weeks ago when blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't mean that what she's experiencing now isn't also true or she's not experiencing. It's just like, oh, right. You know, I thought my husband was the best person in the world two weeks ago. And like today, I totally hate them. And like, okay. And it's all a little bit less dramatic that way. Mm. Um, And then, I mean, boundaries in particular, I would say all group spaces that I hold, and we definitely do this in the collective and I especially do it with women, um, is just to ask for permission before offering advice, coaching, or things like that. And that is this little, like I'm putting the boundary in place and it creates that buffer. But I, I definitely have people who say that like, that was one of the most profound practices. Sometimes the asking, right? Like, Hey, I had a thought when I read that, do you want to know what it is? And waiting for a yes or no, but sometimes for the other person, just to receive a request rather than receiving all the information and then being like, Oh, I didn't, want that or it's you know I didn't want it right now like I've had people say like oh even just to go do I want that do I want it right now do I want it from this person and the permission to say yes or no or will you ask me again tomorrow or you know is huge for people turn me on podcast we'll be back after this short break Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I could totally see that. There's already so much <clears throat> incoming information coming at you all the time. The more yeah. personal it is, gosh, probably the more it wears you down over time if it's not what you need at the time or at the moment. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think, babe? Do you think, how do you think our, our boundaries show up and in, in our, in our relationship? And, and do, I'm wondering if you're, you have, you have a men's group, you've got the boys. So I feel like you have that. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's a men's group, uh, but I do have a, <laughs> I do have a group of, uh, there's a group of three of us that, uh, that very much spend a lot, a lot of time together and a lot of, and have a lot of discussions together. <clears throat> I, I don't know. You know, this, this is all really interesting for me because like I said, coming into this before, before we got into the the conversation, like I've, I've never really been one to see myself as someone who's been good with boundaries. <clears throat> um, and, and I think that the, not that it's something that I haven't thought about, um, it, because it most certainly is it just the, the idea or the thought of trying to tackle that as a, as like a, a form of self betterment is just, is too, it has been too daunting for me. You know, it's like, I, <clears throat> I'm, I'm in particular, I think about the way that I set boundaries for myself and, and like for an example of this would be like, you know, boundaries that I set for myself to care for myself. I just don't do it. You know, like I don't, I don't take care of my body the way that I should. I don't, I, you know, I don't take care of like my procrastination issues the way that I should. I, which leads to stress. And like, it's just, it's just like this compounding issue that I look at from, from a a bit of a, a vantage point and, and just see like, Oh, Oh Yeah that's too much. That's too much work for me. Like I want to avoid this at all fucking costs. And, and so, you know, I, it's, it's one of those things where just, even just having a conversation like this is opening up my, my eyes a little bit and my mind a little bit to this idea, this notion of like, okay, this is just like, this is, this is 
this is required life work. Like you, you really just need to do this in order to be a better partner, in order to be a better version of yourself, you know, a, a better friend to yourself. I had this thought the other day where I was like, <clears throat> I was driving to Toronto from here in Halifax. So, uh, Kendra, that's a, it's like a, depending on, on, uh, how fast you drive, uh, it's, it's like a 16 hour drive. Right. Ooh, yeah. And, um, and so I was on that drive by myself and I was thinking to myself, like, if I, if I was not me or say I was me and, and, I, for whatever reason, we decided it was a really good idea that we all cloned ourselves. And so I made a clone of myself and, and it was me on this drive with me. Yeah, yeah. Would I enjoy my company? Like, would yeah, I enjoy yeah. being with myself? And I mean, that is, I, I don't need the clone. I am there. It is me with me. I'm on that drive. <laughs> and, and there, there's, you know, I was looking at it going, yeah, there's moments that I, I would really enjoy being around myself. But I think more often than not, and and this is very, very much especially within the last like two years with COVID and everything and all the mental health struggles that came with all that. I think more often than not, I probably wouldn't enjoy hanging out with myself. And that was a, <clears throat> that was quite a realization that I, that I made. I was like, oh fuck, that's, I don't like that. I don't like that. I came to that conclusion. And so when bride, when you said we were going to be talking about boundaries today, and I was taking donut my dog for a walk, and we had a conversation. Bride is like, like I really want to talk about boundaries. I had this moment of like, oh fuck, fucking shit. Oh god, I gotta. I don't want to though. Like I don't want to talk about that. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to put the mirror in front of my face. But it's. I'm. I'm realizing that it's. Uh, again, not to not to be too repetitive. Like this is this is required work as a human. To, to be a better version of yourself, to be a better partner, to be better, a better friend, to be a better overall human in the world. Like you, you need to sit and, and consider these types of things, <clears throat> regardless of how much you don't want to do the work, you know? Well, I, um, I mean, on one hand, I totally love that. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> again, everybody should just do my program. <laughs> um, yeah, duh. really yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I really, I will say just very genuinely, I'm very proud of it. And I do mm -hmm. actually consistently get the feedback. I've never thought about boundaries before, you know, I, even to the, they don't say exactly what you're saying, but the, you know, to the, to the effect of, oh, I've never enjoyed boundaries before. I've mm. always been afraid and it's completely changed my experience. And that's like my hope, honestly, because I think that they're fun. I think they're exciting. Mm. And the way that I would completely resonate with what you're saying is well, I would sort of say these two things. There's like, I actually, one of the ways that I approach it is that the very first piece is about um, looking at boundaries as though they exist already. Yeah. Because I believe that. And so yeah. actually all these things you're talking about in your life, like these boundaries around self-care and stuff, like the boundaries themselves actually exist whether we acknowledge them to ourselves, yeah. whether we pretend they're there, whether we pretend they're not, whether we ever say them to another person or not, they actually already exist. Just like rivers exist, you know, mm -hmm. or mountains or like poison oak actually has its itchy oil, whether we ever touch it or not, you know, it's just, it exists. And, and I think it's really imperative to actually that the first layer of work is just to look around again and describe 
rather than prescribe, go like, what are my boundaries? Mm -hmm. Not like I need to figure it out, create them or something. Just actually literally look around. Just look. Yeah. Just look at it. Yeah. This actually is a boundary. And Mm -hmm. then, and then to to completely remove the obligation to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. But just to be honest, it exists. The Grand Canyon is there, whether I am like, la, 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 you know, or not. And then like, yeah, but I don't ever choose to, you know, go in it or see it or cross it or, you know, whatever, like, like, I don't ever want to tell anyone about that boundary and I don't want to respect my own boundary, but it's there. It's going to be there. And I think that's important. And then to that piece is that, that like, I like the removing of morality or removing of obligation. And then at the same time, I would say, yes, if you engage the work of your boundaries, like your life will get better in every single area. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. It just will. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's not unlike it's reminding me of like some practices of meditation. You know, it's like the the idea, the notion that like you, the practice isn't going. Okay, I don't want to have thoughts. <laughs> you know, the thoughts are there. The thoughts exist, and yeah. and it's it's how you relate to them. That's that's what matters. Mm-hmm. It's how you react to them. It's how you interact with them. That's, that's the practice, right? And boundaries are, are kind of, it's similar. It's the boundaries are there. They exist. It's Mm -hmm. whether or not you're paying attention to them, whether or not you're exploring them, whether or not you are giving them the energy that they, they require. And, uh, and there's something about that, 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 that removes that sort of, that feeling of, of that daunting feeling that I, that, that, that I, that I held before coming into this conversation, you know? Brad, I mean, what are your thoughts, Brad? Like, what's coming up for you in in all of this? Because, you know, you said you said earlier in the conversation that you find that your boundaries tend to explode; they they boil over after things have kind of gotten. I know, feel I feel less I feel less clear that 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 was that that's boundary setting now that that we've had this conversation um that that's what i'm trying to achieve in those moments but what is coming up for me is this um exercise that we did in acting school the expansion contraction exercise yeah Yeah. so all you were you were just in relationship to another person and the only words you were allowed to say were i'm expanding i'm contracting or I stand my ground, basically mm-hmm. like nothing's happening. And so I think I really relate to this concept of boundaries or I, I visualize it as a very physical thing. Like I'm at the center of the cell and then there's the cell like boundaries. Um, and like, and like I feel everything in the universe is expanding, contracting. I feel that physically, like, oh, my throat is contracting. My Mm. heart can feel like it's expanding and my throat contracts. That happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think getting hip to seeing where those boundaries are existing already for me is to, to really, as always, as, as it always has been, is to listen to what my body is doing. Mm. I love that. And, and I love in particular, I mean, I actually think most people, if they paid a little more attention would find that they're, they're having a bodily response, but it also, to me, it points to, to anybody engaging this is um, listen to how your being expresses itself. 
And some people will have more colors or images or sensations or words or, you know, like it, it'll arise differently. And, and we can judge those different communications and arisings. Like if this doesn't make sense or it, it should be bodily and I'm having words and it's like, Oh, that's just actually how your being is expressing itself. Mm. And it's so beautiful to hear you talk okay. about how aware you are of how your body expresses. And like, that's a very clear piece of communication. And I love the other part I love, because again, I think boundaries are so often seen as like this clear thing, like it's like this. And then I love that you're saying, you know, my heart can feel like, like it, it can be expanding and my throat can contract. Mm. It's mm. like, oh, right. It's not one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's the same as like, are you a hell yes or are you a hell no? And it's like, I'm like, yes to this person. I'm a no to right now. You know, like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> and to be able to tease that apart, like what's actually happening here? Mm. and um and to honor the wisdom of like oh throat is contracting as a piece of wisdom and what is it that we want like like so then and then what what is needed to create what we want Mm. yeah it's not right right it's different between throat is contracting therefore i'm right this person wants to shut me down right it's just oh it's wisdom that's showing me something is needed Mm. yeah I'm just processing that for a second. <laughs> what, when receiving other people's um, boundaries, um, I guess you've already sort of talked about having that compassionate lens for um, what what they might be, where they might be coming from or where that may have developed from. And um, in asking that question, being able to soften and hear the need over our own sort of reactivity, mm-hmm. um, it sounds like it could be incredibly transformative information for everyone, not just like we've talked about a lot of how it benefits me and myself and my life and helps me feel more free if I am clear about my boundaries and I can express them well. But the grace of of accepting other people's boundaries, even when it's expressed in a way that feels, that triggers defensiveness, um, it's just striking me of like what a huge shift socially it could be if we could see those things, particularly now and and the boundary setting that come the boundary setting that comes loud and aggressively from a place of fear um it because it feels like everything is so black and white right now in mm-hmm. on on the internet and there isn't room for nuance or there's certainly at least to me it doesn't feel like a sense that we're in this together to like you know get our way through and, and the other side of all of these big problems that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. To be able to be in the space with other people's boundaries and not, yeah. and not react. I mean, I think it's um, one layer of that is just absolute. Yes. And f- the first thing I notice is when somebody honors my boundary Sometimes my boundary softens. 
right? Like I just think about this, this was years ago, but I was hosting a little birthday gathering for my mother. And her, so her friends came to my house and they stepped inside and they could see a shoe rack and they, they turned to me and they said, oh, it looks like this is a shoes off house. And my mother said, oh, don't worry about it. And in that moment, I was like, oh, like, hell no. Like, this is absolutely a shoes off house now. Whereas um, even them asking, or if my mother had sort of been like, oh, you know, like something I could have been like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, this one time or, or it just would have been very different. So as soon as somebody says, oh, yes, like we actually care about that. You care about that. I might not care about that thing, but I care that you care because I care about you. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it's like. Oh, you know, like every once in a while we walk around with shoes in the house, like no biggie, you know, it's a party or, and it just changes. And then, and that doesn't always happen, right? It's not like a technique to do that, but just noticing how often that happens rather than trying to convince the person, you don't need that boundary. That boundary is stupid. Um, you know, there isn't anything to protect here. Why are you so defensive? Um, and then the subtle place that I think it goes that, that can get tricky, especially in the realms that you're pointing to are be like caring about other people's boundaries or what they're holding dear while not crossing mine. Mm. So it doesn't mean that I have to uh, continue to receive abuse or something Mm. that's not okay with me, but I also don't have to make, you know, like make it a big, you're a big bad person for this. Like, Oh, So it sounds like there's something really important to you here. Like I'm not willing to have a conversation where this is the kind of language you're using is really different than, you know, you're a bad person or you're not allowed to protect in that way. Or you, so, so there's a, it becomes very much a dance, especially if we're in chosen long-term relationship, friendship, colleagueship, romantic relationship, like, oh, it seems like we're at odds. How do we actually um, honor, like you, I care that you need this and I care that you need this. And even again, we can look at it. We sit side by side to look at it. There's even still a togetherness to, wow, neither of us actually yet sees how we can both get our needs met, but we would like to. Mm. Yeah. It's just a different stance. Yeah, definitely. That's come up in, in arguments where it's like, how remembering, like we're on the same, we want to be on the same team. Yeah. And even we want to be on the same team, like we're kind of not, but I want to be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And how to get there, how to get there, like how to move towards that in this moment. What (sighs) I really do believe, and this is sort of tricky, like at the very surface level of boundaries, but what I really believe is that the more that we actually each do our individual work around boundaries, the more that I'm like, yeah, my boundaries are, it's cool. And it's just not a biggie, right? It's it's not that big of a deal. The the easier it is to get to that place in my higher stakes moments. Um, And the more that I'm like afraid about my boundaries or I'm not sure, or I'm, you know, these things, the more that those, because what's really happening is like, I'm, I'm so afraid of acknowledging that what you value is important because I'm, I'm so afraid it means that I have, I will lose what's important to me. Mm. And the more connected I am to like, actually, I'm pretty solid on that part. And we're gonna, you know, like I'm, I will come back to that. And I do know how to honor myself the less afraid I am of that. Mm-hmm. So it's a little counterintuitive. Like I actually really believe that our own personal work around boundaries 
has us be much more relaxed with other people around our boundaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, like a sense of safety, like you said it right oh, off the top, yeah. and trust. Um, you know, if, if someone can res- shows you they can respect a boundary, then it makes sense that you're like, okay, well, come on, come on in a little bit closer, then. Yeah. 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 You 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 recognize like and respect. So, oh, I just love that. I, uh, I've been practicing, uh, for like the last month and a bit, uh, this little like gratitude practice where each day I'm just stating or writing down or, or, uh, expressing with somebody else five things that I'm grateful for. And one of the things that I'm really grateful for today is, uh, is just how thoughtful these conversations have been with you, Kendra, uh, mm-hmm. the two times we've had you on the show, just Truly, like just it really, really does make my day to be able to sit down and have a thoughtful conversation with you about whatever it is that we're talking about. And today is no different. This has been so, so nice. I want to thank you uh, for taking time out of your schedule to sit down and chat with us and our listeners. Um, And before we wrap, I just want to give you a moment to share with our listeners where they can find you how they can find uh, the the courses that you offer and and stay up to date with with what's going on in your life. Thank you, uh, and and I I mean I want to say the same is true for me. Like it's I love being able to have a deep, interesting, like complex conversation about these things. I'm kind of a relational geek, so <laughs> um, so I I really appreciate that as well. Thank you. Um, I mean, and certainly given that the, where we went today and the nuance of it, I, I would say in general, just going to KendraKunal.com and I have a lot of free content, like it's just kind of probably too much, um, <laughs> in terms of blogs, you can find blogs that are actually on boundaries or other relational topics. And then I believe, so it would be under like work with me. The program itself is called beyond boundaries, but, um, I also did a free class that I believe is called Boundaries as a Sacred Act of Love. Mm. So someone is, just wants to dive into how I talk about this and how I teach about it. Um, that would be in the resources section and they can get it for free. Amazing. Uh, Kendra, again, so, so nice to, to see your face and to have a conversation with you. This really, really does mean a lot. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I want to echo that too. I've I've really been so affected by uh, all that I've read and, and heard and spoken with you about. So mm-hmm. thanks for your time. You're so welcome. Yeah, it's really a pleasure. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. How about that recording with Kendra Kunov? I get, I always feel so tongue-tied um, in moments when I'm having conversations with people who, you know, you could talk about a hundred million things, but yeah. but it's like, how, so how do you even... <laughs> How do you even have a container for a conversation like that, I guess? Okay. Um, uh, let's just pause right there. <laughs> container. <laughs> this is a phrase. This is a word that has been used uh, that I feel like I've heard a lot more over the last four or five years than I ever have ever in my life 
never heard the word really until the last like four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I hear it all the time. And I hear it always being used in terms of like, like, um, sharing space with someone else or like working through certain things. This term container comes up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those situations where when I hear the word, I'm going, mm-hmm. like in conversation, I'll never, I've never used it. I've never used the word container once. I don't think ever. <laughs> Unless I'm talking about like putting my pasta into finding, where's the fucking lid for the container? Like that's the yeah. only way I use the the word. But when I hear somebody else use it in a sentence that like has to do with, you know, what we just talked about with Kendra, I find yeah. myself going, yes, of course. Yes, container. But in my head, the voice in my head's going, you don't know what the, f- you, what are you saying yes to? You don't know what the hell you're, you're hearing. You don't even know what that means. What the fuck does container mean? Am I a container? I, you create a container. What does that mean? <laughs> well, you know what? Help me this understand is one of this. those things. I can't because I don't have much more information than you do. Okay. But I will say I can what I can do is give you examples of Please, yes. G- give me something to yeah, cuz yes, give me something. Okay. So let's say <clears throat> And these are just my examples. I am not a teacher of, I have also just, I'm new to this. You don't teach containers? I don't teach containers. It's so funny to try to get more information on this subject because I'm just Googling. What's a container? How to be a container. And then it's like tech this and energy this. And I'm like, okay, yes. How do I, yeah. How do I be a container for energy? Anyway. Okay, so so that's what it, so so just correct me if I'm wrong here. You're using that you're using the the term like this is how much I literally don't get it. I yeah. don't even know how to properly use the word. So what I'm hearing <laughs> you say is you as you the person are a container or or cultivate a container. If I if I am a container, I'm one who contains. Okay. Okay. But a container could also be a noun. So it's a thing that contains, right? Mm-hmm. I contain things. Yeah. I can contain things. Um, but I can also build a container. Or I can find a container and a lid down in the Tupperware. No, door. no, let's stay away from lids. I, I okay. need I need container only <laughs> from here on out. If the word container comes up, it, man, so many people are listening right now, just probably so annoyed. But if the word, if it, how many times can you say container in one episode? <laughs> if the word container comes up from here on out, we're only yeah. talking about this. We're talking about modality a, a, of work that provides a, spa- a space. Can- yeah. So basically if I hold, so I, another example, something kind of, maybe from a different perspective that you could look at this as is when I held a retreat the other yeah. weekend, yeah. that retreat is a container. It's got its own boundaries. It's got its own, like it, it's going to contain the attendance of my retreat for the length of time that the container is set to hold these people and their experiences together. You go and you teach okay. a yoga class. That classroom is a container and the class that you're leading start to finish is a container. It's a container for people to 
move their energy around. Okay. But then, but then also a human. I think you know maybe I maybe I misspoke, but I also feel like what I I can be a container for my own energy when I sit in a still way, even when my inner life feels like it's like I'm, you know, on a loop or I'm about to have a stressful, nervous breakdown. Like if I can sit and be still and start to differentiate myself from that energy. And I feel like that is something that I contain, but it isn't the container. Okay. So it's essentially a, it, it can be used as a word to describe a way to gather together all of the elements that create a particular experience, whether that be an experience in a group setting, working through certain things, or a personal experience of going through something. Like, is that, am I starting to kind of get the... Yeah. Okay. I think so. And I mean, so like, I, it I don't literally think it's is a container. Different. Like it's, it's kind of literally a container with a lid. Exactly. It's not different mm. than that kind of container. And so, um, I'm not finding the Oxford English dictionary. You need a membership to, to really access the best of the Oxford English dictionary. I'd but, be surprised if it's in there. Uh, but it, it is, I mean, containers in there and it just means in, in this, in this regard it is. Well, it's not different. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, right. So I, sure, it, sure, sure, sure. I guess it's I guess, used to hold something. Right. Or transport something. Sure, okay. Yeah. All right, cool. We can move on from this. I feel like this is uh we're just beating a dead horse here. But thank you for Maybe providing you me this container. The, the way for, of the thank you for providing man. me this okay. container for me to understand what container means. <laughs> I've been told I I've been told I I'm a, I I'm a good container that I I mean for other people. I, I, I create nice Like a good quality Pyrex container. Yeah, I would say so. One that yeah. can go in both the oven and the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, oven safe. Nice. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, that's, that's my goal in life, to be, become an oven safe container. Um, <laughs> um, anyway. But, but, but more to that, you know what, where I kind of found it sort of, um, so I, it, create, it creates like pictures in my mind, that conversation and uh, that we had about boundaries and about being a container, which is like, I think I used the example of like, um, in terms of relating to my boundaries, I am the, the nucleus of the cell. I'm the middle of the cell and all around me, like I'm in a bubble, is mm. my, is my, are my boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and inside of my boundaries, with me, the nucleus, is all of my preconceptions, all of my beliefs, all of the problems or things I'm trying to figure out, all of the people I'm trying to think about or care about. Like, I'm, I kind of feel like I carry them around with me in this space that is that determines where my boundaries are like previous experiences that I've had, maybe traumatic experiences that I've had sure. affect how near or far my boundaries are between other people at any given time. Right. Or, you know, I just, I get this really, and maybe it's cause of I'm in 
school studying anatomy, but for me, just very visual. Um, yeah, I just like to, I like to distill these things down to like a cellular level and be like, and then it's this on the macro. Right. And this is, this is what, uh, this is one of the thoughts that you were having after listening back to our conversation with, with Kendra. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, Mm. um, I, th- I actually did talk about uh, kind of being that nucleus and that cell. And I, and I gave the example that we talked about in theater school of the expansion and contraction. Yeah. So all of those things really tie into a very like visual and physical orientation of myself right. in the conversation of boundaries and containers and mm-hmm. et cetera. But, um, but listening back, I was really happy to hear that um, I wasn't as tongue tied as I thought. I was no, while you, we were having the conversation. Are. It's so funny. You always say that when you come out of <laughs> conversations, especially with like people that we going into the conversation already think is really cool, you know, or, or whatever. Like, like I remember the Justin Lay Miller. Here's a, here's yeah. some like, here's some behind the scenes shit. folks. <laughs> like after the Justin Lay Miller conversation, you were like distraught. Like you were like, you, you acted as though you fucked up the entire conversation. I was like, Braddy, what? Like you, you really, you are, you're pretty tough on yourself. Um, when it comes mm-hmm. to the conversations we have in the podcast, which I find so funny because you are, you, I think all the listeners will agree with me. You're the one, you're the cohesive one. You're the, you're the, you're the one who is like capable of forming your thoughts and using your words. I'm the, I'm the babbling, bumbling ding dong. Who's just like, you know, making you look really good. I don't think that's the case. Cause when I listened back to this <laughs> conversation, what I was remembering was a moment in the conversation where it was kind of probably three quarters of the way through, if not a little bit further. And I just kind of turned it to you and, and said, you know, what do you think Jeremy about our boundaries? And, and I, I kind of talked too much in my question and then I left it to you and you said all this great stuff and it, and it's, and it's kind of, reminds me of how sometimes I'll just be looking at you or like sitting with you and I'll be like, I just want to grab you and be like, what are you thinking? Like what's, what's going on in your brain? And when I put you on the spot like that, um, on the microphone, then I actually get to hear you say these things out loud. That's really funny. That's really funny funny that you say that because (laughs) <laughs> I probably sh- I probably shouldn't get into this, but it's funny that you say that because there's a conversation that I've been having with Leo lately that sounds very similar to this. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just need a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just need a microphone to be able to express my feelings. Honestly, um, think of some of the conversations that we've had on this podcast that would probably have taken a lot longer to come through or come out without the microphone. Well, you know what? I mean, this is, again, I hope this is probably boring for people. And if you don't give a fuck, that's, that's okay. Um, but (laughs) I was having a conversation with the guys today about, uh, some sick boy stuff. Like we had a business meeting and, you know, I've thought about this a lot over the last, since, since graduating high school, since starting university. Um, I've never really had a job, right? Like I've had, like when I was, when I was in high school, I had, I worked at a porn store for a little bit. I worked at a theater camp, but like 
a theater camp, a camp counselor, that's not a job. You're just hanging out with kids, <laughs> you know, like no, no offense to camp counselors out there. It, it's not an easy job, but like it doesn't take, it, it, it just takes the ability to be able to handle a bunch of children and like hang out. And let's say like for some reason, podcasting got canceled. You know, it was like podcasting in general, po- problematic. We need to wipe it off the planet. If podcasting was no longer a thing, mm-hmm. I don't have a skill set to go out into the world to really do anything. My skill set really is to perform. That's it. Mm-hmm. And even on this podcast, it's a performance. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are hearing me and and Bridie speak to each other in a very real way. There's nothing uh, there's nothing f- fake or or put on by what's happening here. Just like when I'm on stage speaking at a at a university or speaking at a conference, it really is just me up there speaking. I'm not, you know, I'm not acting, I'm not performing in a way that I'm pretending to be something that I'm not. But mm-hmm. it's still a performance. This is still a performance. I'm showing up to work right now, putting putting forward the only skill that I have, which is to present, perform. <laughs> you know, so like, Ta-da. so I, I, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that that that's uh, where you show up. It's where I show up because mm-hmm. because unless I have an audience in front of me, it's like. What's the who, point? Yeah, who am I fucking performing <laughs> to or for? It's no yeah. fun to just do it for yourself. You know? I, maybe Leah and I should talk about that. I, I uh, but yeah, maybe don't though. I, mm. I I used to use I don't know how many people listening to this are familiar with Canadian Heritage Moments. It was just this series of commercials oh that came out. <laughs> so good. Years ago. So it came good. out years ago, like when we were in high school. Then there's probably like fifty of them. Yeah. And they all highlight these like um really pivotal moments in Canadian history yeah. and the people that were a part of that, that moment. And there's one. And each uh, one that. is, they're all quotable. Like they're all mm-hmm. like, like, like Judd Apatow film quotable. Yeah. And one of them is from the Halifax explosion, which is right here in our city happened here in our city. Come on, come acknowledge, on. Acknowledge. Yeah. He's doing like Morse code to try to get the train to stop. Cause there's a boat in the Harbor on fire and it's full of explosives. And he's just like doing the Morse code, like acknowledge, acknowledge. <laughs> and that's what runs through my head often when <laughs> I'm just like talking, just talking to you to <laughs> and there's, there's oh, like fuck. no response at all. Oh, that's, that's a problem, I guess. Well, now you'll start to notice it. Uh, no, I won't. <laughs> I really, I really won't. It's been. I'll 30, just lean it's over. Been Thirty-three years. I'll lean in and just say acknowledge. Yeah, um, yeah. That w- I'm. I really. I'm really glad that we have had Kendra back on the podcast because she's. You know, she's great, and folks, um, uh, she has very kindly offered a. Um, a discount to our Termion on listeners to uh, an upcoming course that she is giving, or, or is it a course that exists on the site now? It exists on the site. There we um, go. It is uh, available on her website, kendrakunov.com, which is mm-hmm. K-E-N-D-R-A-C-U-N-O-V.com. And I'll put that in, uh, in the show notes. And she's, she's giving our listeners a, um, a really sweet discount with, the wait with the promo code turn me on so head on over there i think jeremy and i should 
most definitely explore this idea a little bit more as yeah. well. And then maybe we can, you know, we should, we do, should take the it course. together on the show. Yeah. We most definitely should. Yeah. Actually, can I tell you a little, a little story about boundaries that, um, yeah, that, okay. So I started school two weeks ago for massage therapy and Hugh and I were kind of joking in the episode of first episode of season three. And you were like, does it offend you if I use the word masseuse? And I was like, no, it doesn't yeah. offend me. Yeah. Um, but I know it does offend some massage therapists. And I know we have a handful of massage therapists that live to uh, listen to this podcast. And um, we also probably have a handful of masseuses that listen to the podcast too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. So we gotta um, be, we have to remember them too. <laughs> Um, anyway, I, I, I wanted to tell this story because my school is, there is zero tolerance for using the word like boob or butt or, you know, yeah. Like do you say breast and buttocks, uh, gluteal. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gluteal region. And, um, it's breast tissue. It's actually called breast tissue. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, and or, so there's there's zero tolerance for any kind of like un, you know non-professionalism sure. and and there was one area where I thought like okay maybe that's like a little over the top but okay I'm gonna tell you what what I felt was over the top and then I'm gonna tell you a story about why those boundaries are in place sure. so oh, yeah, okay what felt a little over the top was so we're in the first week and we partner up right away to be able to start palpating each other which is like feeling each other's bones and muscles and stuff like that. And, um, we have to do it with, you know, with our exams in mind. So we've got sheets on the table. We're learning how to drape people in such a way so that they're not exposed. So, you know, for class, we're supposed to get down to, uh, whatever level of undress, we're not allowed to say naked, but whatever level of undress is most comfortable. Okay. But it has to be done because we're, we're all in the same room. Um, it has to be, the person has to change into whatever level of undress they're comfortable with underneath the sheets. So they get on the bed, pull the sheet up, remove their clothes. Okay. When they put their clothes back on also has to be under the sheet, under the sheet. Quick question. Yes. Now I've always wondered this. I've never, I've gotten, I've gotten lots of massages from registered massage therapists Mm -hmm. and I got one rub down from one masseuse, <laughs> but, uh, the, that the, the rub down was the only time that I ever was in a position where I was being massaged naked. So I got, I got naked for that one. But whenever I'm at an RMT, I never get naked. I always oh, just wear my undies. Okay. Now this might change. Maybe, maybe next time I'll, I'll try a, li- a different level of undress. Yeah. Um, but curious to know in the training yeah. that you're learning now of the, like these ways of maneuvering the, the blankets and stuff, mm-hmm. um, is it, are, are you trained to do it in a way where if I was in full level of undress, yeah. uh, that you would never see me fully undress? Yes. <laughs> oh, I always thought, yeah. I always figured like, I always kept my underwear on because I'm like, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to like have to expose them to my hairy taint. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, like I'd rather, yeah. I don't want <laughs> you to see my hairy balls and yeah. taint. Like yeah. I'll, I'll protect you from that, but they'll never see it. Or at least like no. professionally, they should never, they, see, they it. Should never they see, see it because the way you hold the blanket. Yep. Oh. And the way you, yeah. So the, that's a really interesting thing that you, you bring up because you know. I've also had many massages. Sometimes I keep my underwear on, sometimes I take it off. And, but when I first started going to massages, I couldn't get a sense from them whether I should take my underwear off or leave it on. Same. They'd always say to your comfort level. And Same. I'm like, but what I really want to know is like, do other people take theirs off? And what's interesting is that, okay, so if you're going to wear, this is what I'm learning. If you're going to wear underwear to your massage, um, particularly if you're into like the brief, the, the boxer, the briefy kind of underwear, even, you know, for all bodies, it, for little shorts. Mm-hmm. And if your massage therapist wants to treat your gluteal region, yeah. which which can affect all other like upper structures of your body, right? So if you have tension yeah. in your in your glutes, you know, it can hurt your low back and whatever. But they need to access that the, glute. The, the they skin. need to access that side of it. So you want to make sure that your undies are able to be pulled up that oh. high. Oh. So that they can get into that area. I think this is good information for to be out into the mm-hmm. zeitgeist. Because mm-hmm. this is going to change the way that I go into a, a massage therapy room. But having the underwear is nice too because the sheets, it well, it provides an extra level of of protection if you don't want to, you know, be seen and 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 you know, it seems like with these techniques you shouldn't be seen. But underwear right. can also be helpful for sort of pinning that fabric in tucking. place like you're yeah, tucking yeah, it yeah. under mm-hmm. yeah i've noticed that so anyway so we're getting changed under the sheet and you know i take for granted that i i, I feel pretty comfortable just getting like i'll swim naked i'll swim Full. naked in front of anybody at the lake or so, whatever please you don't know? say I naked ju- please oh sorry about that um and so i was like okay whatever uh so i was having I was having a drink with a friend the other night and she had also attended a a massage therapy school, a different school out of province. And, um, I was telling her, I was like, you know, they're really strict on the professionalism. And she goes, that's interesting because for her first week of school, um, they got no instructions like that. They all got totally naked in the room together while oh. the teacher played Pony by Genuine. Uh, okay. And and she never, she didn't make it through the program, not because of that moment, but she said that immediately set the tone and brought up all of her, well, not, I mean, not just, not just the song, but just having to get naked in front of people being really triggering for a lot of folks. Yeah, no shit. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. So zero professional boundaries yeah. in that example. Hmm. And now it makes sense to me because I heard a couple of comments in the class. This was like our first, you know, our first class. At, and someone was saying, someone asked, can I get, what if I'm comfortable getting down in my underwear 
just like here, not under the sheets. And the teacher said, it's not about your comfort. It's about everybody else's. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Now all of that makes sense. Mm. Anyway, I just wanted to share that because yeah. at first, at first, and, and it had me feeling really bad about joking about opening a rub and tug one day because massage therapists, <laughs> the, the, the training I'm coming to learn is so intense and so I have so underestimated the massage therapists in my life in terms of what they're actually able to treat and right. see and 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 know about your body is like a whole other it's gonna make sense. Underestimated fewer, or just or just didn't know. Well, yeah. Well I didn't I didn't know. I had no yeah. idea. But you know, the people who are doing massages in in like spas versus people doing them in physio clinics versus people doing them in their home practice, they have the same right. education and it's the same study of anatomy that chiropractors do and right. medical doctors do. And when as we start to get see, we are we have such a shortage of medical doctors. And though that line of healthcare professional, I think we're going to start seeing more and more people making use of massage therapists, physiotherapists, mm. you know, et cetera, because they, they have a very extensive knowledge of yeah. the body more, more so some than, than some, you know, than some doctors who, who, who more maybe know more about like internal medicine or, you know, all that kind of stuff. But but don't know as much about, say, joints and mm -hmm. muscles. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's just so fascinating. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. I like that. Thanks for sharing that story. And I'll try not to make any more jokes about rub, rub and tugs. <laughs> Thank you. That will, I can't prep, cross that boundary anymore. <clears throat> no. Um, all right. Well, uh, do you want me to hit you with some listener mail? Oh, yes, please. Uh, so we got a really uh, great letter from uh, our friend Janine. Um, and this is referring to a conversation that we had, um, in the first episode of the new season, uh, all about, um, people in traditional couples having certain like traditions, whereas like people in non-traditional relationship formats, mm -hmm. like maybe not having. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this was the email that we got. Hey, Brian and Jeremy. First off, I'm glad you were back for season three. Enjoying your new episodes with your new format. Oh, thank you very much. In your first episode of this season, you were talking about how people in more traditional couples have certain celebrations that family and friends get to celebrate together for milestones like anniversaries, weddings, baby showers, etc. But that single people or people in non-traditional relationships don't get to have as many of those celebrations. This got me thinking about a tradition that we have in my friend group called cake day. Many years ago in the 90s, my older brother and his friends were in a Dairy Queen looking at the cakes and saw one that said, quote, way to go. <laughs> they joked about how this cake could literally be celebrating anything, a graduation, a new baby, a promotion, or even losing your virginity, also known as sexual debut. So they decided that when anyone in their group had their sexual debut, they would get them a cake that said, way to go, with some sort of design on it that was suggestive, like a rocket ship or a cherry or something. Mm -hmm. This tradition 
made its way to my group of friends. And in university, we had discussions about what would qualify for a sexual debut in a non-heterosexual context. We decided that whenever someone felt that they had had sex for the first time, that they would qualify as a sexual debut. That would qualify as a sexual debut, and we would celebrate with cake day. However, a few of us were bisexual and thought we should celebrate a sexual debut after having sex with different genders. We also expanded the tradition to include other sexual firsts because who doesn't love cake? And it's a great, it's great to be able to celebrate with friends. Keep up the great work with the podcast. I like I that, that tradition. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, it's really fun too about that is that um, now I'm sure it, it varies depending on the, the Dairy Queen, but you would be very surprised how far Dairy Queen is willing to go when it comes to what is put on those cakes. Oh, really? Yeah. How do you know this? We had a birthday party for a friend of ours. And um, one of my favorite podcasts um, that is very, uh, let's say, uh, very loose in terms of the content that is portrayed and shown and talked about on the show. Um, uh, it's called Your Mom's House Podcast, and they do live shows every once in a while, and the live shows are really intense. Okay. And uh, there is a, a sort of uh, quote from a particular person that they were featuring on this podcast over the span of a couple of years that uh, worked its way into like the, the common vernacular of the show. So anyone who listens to that podcast a lot knows this character, knows the, 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 the quotable lines that have, has come from this character. And one of those lines is, piss on me, beat me, try it out. And so for our friend whose birthday it was, we, uh, we were going to have a group party here at the Sick Boy headquarters. And we've got like a, a, a big TV set up over here. And, and, you know, we have viewing parties and we watch we watch events and stuff here all the time. So we gathered to watch YMH live Mm -hmm. and Taylor called Dairy Queen and was like, Hey, can I, I was looking to get a cake for my friend's birthday. And they were like, yeah, sure. Uh, what would you like on it? And he goes, okay, hear me out. Uh, can you guys write piss on me, beat me, try it out. And the girl, the girl on the, on the, on the line at Dairy Queen was like, uh, uh, hold on. Let me get back to you. So she puts him on hold for like two minutes. She comes back. She's like, yeah, okay, we can do that. So what was it? He was like, <laughs> piss on me. She was like, piss on me. He's like, yeah, P-I-S-S, piss on me, comma, beat me, comma, try it out. And she's like, All right, piss on me, beat me, uh, try it out. Okay. Do you want anything else like handcuffs or like, what, what do you want? And he was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Put handcuffs on it. Like, what else can we do? She's like, I don't know. Like, whatever, whatever you want, really. So, um, uh, for anyone out there who's looking to celebrate, <laughs> add this tradition cake day to their, their repertoire with their friends, uh, try it out. You know, you try can, some of your favorite oh, four yeah. letter words. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can really push the, uh, push the boundaries there. I think when it comes to what you get, uh, what's allowed on your cake at Dairy Queen. Oh my God. I love ice cream cake so much. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's good shit. Um, all right. Well, uh, I have to, I have to jet, babe. I have a, a meeting here in 10 minutes. Um, 
I also have to go, in case you forgot, I'm hemorrhaging blood from my vagina. Oh. And my cramps are about to make my head blow off. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that in spite of that, you were able to sit down and have a lovely chat. Uh, Folks, thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this aftercare portion of this week's episode. Um, Again, if you want to take part in Kendra's um, workshop and um, and take advantage of that promo code that is specifically for you, the Termion listener. Uh, check out the show notes for all the links that you need. And again, that uh, promo code is Termion. Uh, maybe we'll see you there in the in the workshop. It would be fun to do that along with with some of you listeners. Um, and also, if you want to ever reach out to us about anything you hear on the show, uh, if you want to let us know some of the traditions that you have in your life, whether that's with friends or with your partner or partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just by yourself, you can send us an email, termionpodcast at gmail.com. And for the folks uh, who really love hearing these foreplays or aftercares and kind of wish they could see Bridie and I as we talk to each other and, and hash this shit out, uh, you can. You can watch those, all the video um, episodes where are just host episodes or aftercare or foreplay segments exist on our Patreon, patreon.com slash turn me on. Thank you so much to all of our patrons, all of our listeners. And thanks to you, baby. I love you. I love you too. That is it for this week. Until next week. Until next week. Go. Touch yourself. Okay. I thought we were going to alternate words. We'll uh, we'll fix it in post. Here we go. 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 Touch. Touch. (laughs) No. Oh, sorry. Yourself. Here we go, right? Yeah. Go touch yourself. Go touch yourself. Okay. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.